0: Three, two, one, zero, zero, and lift off. Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Mission Control, where we respect the grind and reclaim the American dream. I am your host, Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands. Today's guest is a blast from my past. He's someone... Who remembers the dot com era? Okay, so he's got gray hairs. You know, I'm just gonna put that <laughs> That's out so there. True. And he's earned them. Uh, and the craziness that went along with it vividly. We were colleagues from back in the days of uh, Priceline.com, and he's a sports fan, a husband, a great dad. And by day, he's an account executive at MNI Targeted Media Inc., where customer centric, brand agnostic campaigns start. Please help me welcome. Mr. Matt McGuire.
0: Wow. <laughs> I love it. Thanks very much, Ramon. Welcome. Very, very nice uh, introduction. I appreciate it. I have to start off by saying, yes, this is my first podcast, but I'm having a flashback. Uh, I was a, uh, a radio um, Yeah. Um, um, what am I call it? What am I trying to say? Um, Announcer? Well, no, no, no.
1: Commentator?
0: Commentator. Um, disc jockey. Disc jockey.
1: DJ. <laughs> back, <laughs> DJ,
0: back in the day. Oh, my God. WSBU, 88.3 FM in, uh, only in New York, St. Bonaventure University. Nice. A long time ago.
1: Nice. Okay. What kind of music? Mostly rock, rock. mostly rock, you know,
0: and uh, yeah, so I just had a flashback. Well, if you want to, you know, do the call letters (laughs) or whatever. Just jockey, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) DJ. You had the professional name for it.
1: But I thought you were going to say Shatner, because I think you were involved in those radio spots back in the
0: day of Priceline. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that that brings me back. Those were some seriously crazy days, that's for sure. (laughs) 1999 in particular, that was nuts.
1: Man, so we're going to get there, but take us, go back a little further. Tell us how you even got into advertising.
0: Sure. Yeah, so I was a mass communications major at St. Bonaventure, and uh, my father, um, he was in PR, he was a writer, and... um, So there was a little bit of that influence for sure. Um, As I get older, I think about getting back into, or really starting writing is something that's always kind of interests me. Um, But really, that's that's where it all started. And um, first gig out of school, really just looking for a job in the streets of Manhattan. Uh, (laughs) Wandering the streets. Wandering the streets of Manhattan, (laughs) you know. People are like, I'd love to hire you, but you don't have any experience. So, how does that start? Uh, but I was lucky enough to start at uh, Young and Rubicom, one of the large nice. shops. Big brand. Yeah, uh, in the city. And it was a great education for sure.
1: Yeah. And as a kid, what did you dream about? Because you're very tall. I figured you'd want, <laughs> you would have been an athlete of some sort. Yeah. What, what, what did you want to be as a kid?
0: I mean, who didn't want to be an athletic star, <laughs> baseball star? You know, I was a baseball player, I was a soccer player. But, um, you know, I, I have a whole new respect for athletes, uh, especially in college, being able to, you know, juggle a, um, you know, athletic schedule and decent grades, which I couldn't do both. So I had to stay in school. So (laughs) sports had to go.
1: Right, right. So, but did did, did you have an affinity for marketing? Did you like TV commercials? Like what drew you to to, to advertising? Yeah,
0: I think it was radio was an influence for sure. um, But commercials, absolutely. uh, TV commercials for sure. Um I did my thesis on beer advertising actually, T V commercials, <laughs> which I thought were
1: Did you have to sample some? Oh, of course. Research. Of
0: course. Yeah. Lots of research. <laughs> lots of research. But um no, always interested in advertising from the get go and um you know, I, I like I said, started at Young Arubcom just to see if that felt yeah. right, and it, it did. Yeah. Started in print. What was that like in there? Was that like Mad Men? Yeah, and, uh, you know what? Tell, yeah. me, tell me some of those stories. Yeah, so uh, there were a lot of smoking in, yeah. in office space, have, in like, cubicles. They had like booze in the, in the, they in had, the file cabinet. Had, you know what? The <laughs> senior execs, they had it out on the table. I mean, oh, they weren't no. shy about it. No. Uh, music playing, and, yeah, there were booze. There was uh, a lot of cigarettes, yeah. you know, smoking. Uh, it was 1992, 93 yeah. when I started. So uh, it was very commonplace back yeah. then. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a big, uh, a famous, you know, I mean, the brand, everybody knows it in advertising. What were some of, some of the accounts you worked on while you were there?
0: Yeah. Uh, Bringing me back, I mean, it was more, a lot of CPG-type stuff. Okay. I also um, like Jell-O and General Food, General Foods International Coffee. I don't even know if that exists anymore. <laughs> um, a Xerox a little bit outside okay. of CPG. Um, so it was a lot of magazine work. Yeah. A lot of uh, newspaper, but mainly magazines. Print. And so yeah. I started to get a sense for the sales side because I was getting called on all the time uh, from magazine sales representatives, yeah. um, understanding that side of the business as well. Yeah.
1: And when did did you get into, uh, were you managing accounts or were you trying to like sell ad space in the magazine? Yeah, I
0: was managing accounts, kind of junior at that point in my career. But uh, yeah, it was all about placing ads in magazines, negotiating contracts, the rates involved, positioning, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so
1: from there... When like, cause this is ninety two. We didn't meet at Priceline till like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what came after Young and Middlecom? So
0: jumped around a little bit. Um, I was in uh, newspapers for a little while yeah. for a newspaper buying operation, and then, you know. It's interesting. Part of what I wanted to discuss today is really just, you know, sticking with things. And sometimes you're going to hit some really, you know, dark spots in your career, but you got to stick with it because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, from the newspaper company, I went to my first uh, .com uh, called uh, Real Media, um, which really was at the time an online network of newspapers. Mm-hmm. So if people were interested in buying local content online, uh, local newspapers online, uh, Real Media was the first company, uh, one of the first companies that did that sort of thing. Um, that was 97, you know, and the bottom fell out. Yeah. I lost my job. And then, you know, what's kind of funny is that I, I found an ad in a newspaper for Walker Digital. You
1: sound like you're in your 50s at this point, by the way. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly right. I'm just getting started. Newspapers. So true. Right, right. I'm, re- I'm flipping through, like, yeah. the one ads and all this. Listen, newspapers haven't had a big part of my
0: career, for sure. Yeah. But um, I saw an ad for um, Walker Digital, mm-hmm. and the interview was like, yeah, we're talking about doing this thing, name your own price for airline tickets. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah. It sounds good to me. sounded
1: crazy enough yeah. to, to give it a try. It's 90, yeah, 98. Yeah. 98, so... Yeah. Man, yeah, that and that's where I mean, you know, I want you to take this wherever you want sure. because you you've had you found yourself on the on the unemployed spot yep. several times, but you've always bounced back. So there's a resiliency, yep, that I think is common through throughout your career. But you've also I you know I remember you just always smiling, always laughing, always having a good time regardless. So there there is something that's going on inside. Sure. That's kind of keeping you motivated throughout yeah. this. And, and do you want to ex- expand on that a little?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, again, it, so much of that is really true uh, now more than ever. Um, and I do want to talk about Priceline. But mm-hmm. in general, being a, um, in sales, mm-hmm. you have to have um, a positive outlook right. because so much of your job is rejection. <laughs> it really is. It really, it, is. it really is. It's it's because you have to understand yeah. that you're, you're reaching out to people cold that – you know, may not have a need right. or frankly are getting tired of getting called upon. Right. Um, and, you know, you really do have to take that with a grain of salt, understanding that that's just the reality. Right. Um, because some of my proudest moments are, you know, those few times that things do come together. Right. And they turn into phenomenal relationships like any other job. But, um so, but let me take a step back and, yeah. and, and talk about pricing because, you, you know, you and I have had some fond memories there and uh, th- those were crazy days. Um, we did a lot of great stuff. But what I wanted to bring up was, um, you know, part of my responsibilities as director of advertising was, you know, I was the dumping ground for every single vendor on <laughs> earth that wanted a piece of Priceline, yeah. you know. Um one thing that did come through that we ended up working on was um, working with uh, like wheel of fortune um, in regards to providing promotional tickets for people to get onto the show or go to the show. And in return we were getting like billboards, you know, 10 second billboard mentions in between we weren't doing TV ads back then. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a really personal big deal. We were doing the radio spots with William Shatner and that, that was fantastic. Um, that, led me to do a deal with Major League Soccer, which was kind of comical because even back then Major League Soccer wasn't that big of a deal and I don't know how much of a deal it is now, but it's, it's definitely bigger, bigger. It's bigger, definitely for bigger, sure. Right? So anyway, fast forward, do uh, you remember uh, Rich Minarski? Yes, right? I do. So Rich and I and the gang from Ocean Media in California, we, we went out to San Diego <laughs> because we were the sponsors of the All-Star game Priceline was representing the I think the West Coast, or maybe it was the East Coast. Uh, makes sense it would be the East Coast, but and Pepsi was going to represent the West. So, you know, all the names, at the back of the jersey, you know, Priceline.com was a, a Big deal. But more importantly, we were gonna it was gonna be on ABC television on like a Saturday, whatever it was, 30 second spot. It was gonna be our first yeah. TV spot before the real stuff started. So, for me, again, personally. This is a
1: huge turning point in the life of a startup because you're on radio, you're on the internet, yeah. but not to go into like mainstream sports and TV. It's exactly. Huge. prime time.
0: And I'm asking, you know, uh, production resources of like, you know, putting an ad together that we really don't have the story yet of right. Shatner on TV and all this right. other stuff. So, anyway, we sit down to watch the game. You probably don't remember this. I told you this story a long yeah. time ago. And the president of Ocean Media, Mike Robertson, he looks at the Jumbotron and he kind of sighs and takes out his cell phone out of his jacket, calls his wife at home and says, honey, you know, put on Channel 7, put on the game. He goes, what? What? And he shuts the phone. He stands up. Oh, man. And he goes, we're leaving. I said, what do you mean we're leaving? The game hasn't even started. He goes, John F. Kennedy Jr. just uh, crashed his plane. Oh, my God. And uh, I forget which island it was like. Block Island. Block Island. Block Island. Uh, they've all the news have taken over. There will be no airing of this game on ABC. It's been pushed to like ESPN two or oh something like no. that, which nobody's like, gonna watch. Right, that. right. So I was like, uh, he's like, we're leaving. I'm like, what do you mean we're leaving? Where are we going? He goes, we're going to Mexico. So, <laughs> tra- <laughs> so we drove to Mexico, which we were in San Diego, yeah, wasn't too far, and right. had some drinks, Four had miles, some uh, five miles. you know lo- lobster tacos and whatever <laughs> else, and made an afternoon of it. But some um,
1: debauchery in Tijuana or anything. <laughs>
0: we it's won't just, yeah we won't go no there. no no but anyway <laughs> that was that's one of many many stories but um Priceline you yeah. know uh what a wild ride for but
1: sure do you remember like because from what I recall like Shatner this was a moment where Shatner was like off the radar yeah like there was issues with his biggest and, deal yeah like he this was before like Miss Congeniality I think oh yeah I think he got that because of the commercials for Priceline where he was Absolutely. singing and all this, but he wasn't doing
0: much no, he, when you uh, guys listen, approached him.
1: You got him cheap, I
0: think, I, in the I beginning. Don't, I don't know how low he was on the list. Right. But it, you <laughs> right. know, There were a lot of names above right. his, uh, but listen, it was a you blessing guys like, in disguise. Right, I guess we got to call Shatner. <laughs> well, the you b- said it, I did <laughs> So <laughs> oh, no. But um, no, he, you know, it was a blessing in disguise, yeah. and uh, I think, you know, with William Shatner and the amount of radio we yeah. were buying, yeah. it, he was very polarizing. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Trump. I mean, yeah. people either loved him or right. they hated him. Right. Uh, either way, it didn't matter. People were talking about right. him. And they were talking about Pricewater. It was so a right.
1: weird, like, perfect storm because putting him, you know, to sing, you know, and then the timing of it all yeah. and then the way he looked. I remember him just being, like, super bloated. I, I think he cleaned <laughs> up a little after. Yeah. I, but he wasn't really, like, ready for, for, for to be on air at any point. But all of a sudden, he's in these spots and I just think it worked. It was, it was just, genius, this, it, actually. It was very genius. Because
0: people knew the voice. Exactly. People knew the voice. So um, it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, Priceline, <laughs> Priceline had a very unique product. Yeah, it did. I, I don't know if you recall, but there were many companies, Bill Gates included, yeah. you know, that came after Priceline because they thought they could... Expedia you know, and all Expedia, other, yeah. they can mimic the right. brand right. with their own product right. and Jay Walker would have, you know, yeah. he wouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. So we had to fight a lot of fights, but won most of them yeah. and look at them now. I mean, yeah. they're, they're humongous. Yeah, humongous. Booking yeah. Booking
1: is now there. Yeah. yeah. Kay- they own Kayak, I yeah. believe, and yeah.
0: others too. So yeah,
1: it's amazing. It's an amazing testament that it's still part of my personal brand story because it's still around. Yeah. And so people still recognize the brand. so whenever I say, yeah, I was senior art director and, you know, in the early days of priceline it's like it gets their attention
0: yeah
1: um it was amazing i remember being in the hallway like my desk was literally in a hallway and um cbs news coming in one day and like everybody having to stop what they were doing and like start painting the walls because we had to like clean up for this news crew like it was that kind of environment people were sleeping there yep um you know even well into my years there at walker Jay would be in there on a Saturday morning, putting hours in. You know, yeah. like he was one of the hardest working guys, and definitely influenced me uh, in in just the 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 uh, the work ethic. Oh yeah. You know, like just pushing and pushing and not being satisfied. Like you know, you'd present something that you thought was like great, right? And it still wasn't good enough for what he had in mind. Yeah. So he always kind of pushed everyone to 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 be better, to be greater, how uh, and how, think bigger.
0: How great was his office?
1: Amazing. I try to emulate that, except I have like diecast cars and yeah. things. but you just, you're missing a six I don't, foot predator. I don't your have office. the yeah, the fifty million year old fossil. <laughs> yeah, a couple know, things. A couple of things, hey, but know, I'm getting well, there. You got time. I have a you got Giants time. helmet. Yeah. That's the best I can do. Oh my god! But yeah, those were those were wild wild times. And then and then take us, you know, because we all had, uh, you know, careers after sure. that. So now, what happens to Matt McGuire after? Yeah, that? Yeah.
0: So I uh, from. From Priceline, I started to dabble in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, that's really where um, my character, as you mentioned, yes, I typically have a positive outlook mm-hmm. in everything that I do because I think that that's really a healthy way to go about life in <laughs> general. <laughs> Good but, advice. Yeah, but I'll, I'll never forget my first sales call yeah. where, you know, it was a cold call. I reached out and the guy literally barked at me at the phone. Yeah. And I, I kind of laughed just a little bit. I'm like, hey, man. It's like, it's all good. No worries. (laughs) I hung up and I laughed to myself like, Jesus, you know, this is going to happen. But I think there are a lot of people who would have been like, oh, my God, you know, I want nothing to do with Uh, this. Defeated. Yeah, defeated. Exactly. And it just you have to understand that it's all timing, like like everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is timing. Um, So, you know, from there, I you know, it's funny. I actually did return um, to the newspaper space for another newspaper buying operation Um, but they started to build out a, um, an online newspaper network. So I was, I was traveling around, uh, Midwest, uh, actually started to go pretty far out to uh, to the West coast as well. You know, selling not only our technology of helping ad agencies for the most Mm -hmm. part, um, with a database of newspapers. So when people are like, Oh my God, I got to advertise in newspapers. I don't know where to begin. We had a database, um, a user tool, if you will, that allowed them to pull markets and the newspapers involved and the calls and the newspaper sizes quickly. Yeah. Um, and then we started to do that with online newspapers and, um, at the time Centro, which is now basis, uh, Centro was the online newspaper network back then, just starting out. Um, People in my company were like, you know, we really should buy them, you know, that kind of a thing. And just because <laughs> we were backed by a company in Europe, but mm-hmm. um, that never happened. Um, but anyway, that aside, just dealing in sales and um, from that organization, I'll never forget. Um, I was calling on an ad agency in Chicago for three years straight. I might have booked one or two campaigns, you know, 20 grand, whatever it may be. Nothing, mm-hmm. but it was a super nice guy. And we always had a you know good time catching up over lunches and everything else. Three years in, he called me one day and he said, I think I finally have something for you. Wow. They had won a pharma account and the pharma account, um, had a, had a drug that basically, um, you know, their competitor, I should say, ran into some legal trouble. Mm -hmm. And the legal trouble was, is that, you know, may or may not cause a heart attack. I want to get into the brands and things like that. So his brand was kind of like, listen, we want to, Tell the world we don't have that problem. You know we don't. You should. <laughs> That's use our us, competitive not, advantage. Right? You won't die. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, he said, "I think I finally have something for oh, you." Oh, geez. It ended up being the single largest campaign, um, second largest, I think, in the company's history. But wow. it was like ten million dollars wow. newspapers. The point of telling that story is, is that relationship building, um, never burning bridges. You know, yeah. and and
1: frankly, let's face and it, and genuinely. A genuine relationship building because absolutely. three years you're you're not you know to to invest that much time you genuinely care about each other absolutely you know, like hanging out with each other you get to know each right. other you're not like hey can we get a sale today exactly the conversation doesn't end on like yeah so that's fine and i'm glad everybody's doing well but what do you got for me you know it can't right. be because no. it won't last well it years. doesn't work that no, way no it
0: can't and and people who think that way don't last no. in the business so mm-hmm. um you know, it was. A mom, I've had no. I wish I've had. I wish I had more ten million dollar moments. Right. Um. Those are few and far between. But the point is, is that you never want to burn bridges. Right. And And, just as important, if not more important, is like you don't know where those people are going to go. Right. They they may not stay at the same company, right? right. Um, and with the power of tools like LinkedIn, which I think uh, you know is one of the best tools out there, um, connecting with people and you know congratulating them as they move on yeah. with their careers, and and you know you and I continue this conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really important it because, is. again, you may need somebody down the road and vice versa.
1: Yeah, and I love how we just picked up where we left yeah. off after, yeah. uh, so, you know, it's been So a long time. it's been a long time. And it's just nice to see you still prospering and yeah. the family doing well and you and, too. And, and, and all that. It's, it's really cool. Um, so let's get into M&I because I, I want to fully understand, you know, we're all guilty in the, in our industry of using all these buzzwords, and then it doesn't mean anything to like the layman. Yeah, it's yep. like so brand agnostic, customer centric, targeted media yeah, like fancy tel- words. Yeah, like and <laughs> so it, they're expensive too. Yeah, <laughs> they can be. They so can be. explain to our listeners, especially since we have entrepreneurs and business owners. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about just the the, the attitude of have the the great, right kind of outlook to have as a salesman, but from a practical standpoint. Mm-hmm. What do you do, and like, on a day to day, an average day? How do you help companies, yeah. you know, expand sure. and, and grow sales?
0: So I've been with M and I uh, just over a decade now. Um, I did leave for a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I'll just say grass is not always greener, and yep. I, and I came back. Yep. Um, so the reason why I came to M and I, and and again for any salesperson out there, is that you want to be able to represent something or sell something that, frankly, is unique or somewhat different. Mm-hmm. Because it's really, really dif- difficult to sell something that's a commodity, and you know, everybody has the same widget. And right. Digital advertising, which is a large part of our business, is just that, to be clear. But 10 years ago, mm-hmm. when I first started, I think one of the most unique things uh, about m Targeted Media, um, first of all, they're over 50 years old, um, and they have had a relationship with um, magazines. Uh, they were first owned by Time, Inc., Time Inc. got bought out by Meredith Corp. Hmm. And then just about, uh, God, has it been a couple months already? We were just bought out. Meredith was bought out by IAC, Barry Diller's company, um, Dot Dash. Okay. So they ran a full-page ad um, in some of the national newspapers. Just re- we've basically become the single largest publisher wow. uh, in the United States. I don't know about the world. but um, So representing magazines like People and Good Housekeeping, but also many online Um, brands as well that are coming over from the dot dash side. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question more succinctly, the reason why I went and what's so interesting to me about M&I from a print standpoint is that they give advertisers, especially at the local level, the ability to take national magazines, group them together by lifestyle. So food or business or health or, you know, whatever it may be news, but run them locally. So if there's a client um, that is interested in running in just the New York DMA, we typically don't get smaller than that, like the DMA or market mm-hmm. MSA size. There are some publications where we have enough circ, like the you know like a Time magazine as yeah. an example, or a Sports Illustrated, where we can get down to the county level. But in most cases, um, we're perfect. And I'll give you a, a brand that everybody knows mm-hmm. that I, I've run with before. It's been a while. But Nestle Waters, really what Nestle Waters are, they're regional water brands. They have waters all over the country. So many moons ago, you know, when I first started MI, i was flipping through a national magazine, and I saw one of their ads, and I'm like, well, they're not buying through me. And I know Nestle is right in Stanford, Nestle Waters was. So I would just basically send them packages of MI, you know, uh, media kit material and stuff like that, explaining, email, email, blah, blah, blah couple months went by and I didn't hear from the client. I heard from their agency and they basically said, we've been getting your packages and <laughs> we should probably talk. But the point in telling that story is, is that, um, you know, we ran a campaign for them for one of their West coast, uh, regional uh, water brands, California, some other markets, um, because they were wasting circulation yeah. outside of their footprint. So, um, That's kind of our – it's basically full-page ads inside the magazines. It's typically – so if you run in three food magazines, it's typically the same ad uh, running in all three magazines in the markets that your client needs to be in. Maybe it's a food product that's having a rollout. Maybe it's a new product from the U.K. that's not ready to go national. You
1: know, we're a good fit for that. Um, For example, it's uh – a tortilla, so it's mm-hmm. regional, and they're gonna. Um,
0: I mean, restaurants. Right. Uh, it
1: could be a local it's a chain that's only exactly. like in the south, like yeah. like Metro. Could you be in Northeast. Diner. It could right.
0: be you know, Connecticut, Boston. You know that kind of a thing. So. I love
1: that concept because you leverage you, you get you get somebody into a big brand magazine. Yeah. Know, like, if you're listening, that's why they if, love it. If you're in a people's magazine, exactly, because oh, housekeeping, right. yeah, you're uh, travel, that. leisure, right. yeah.
0: So, then, um, and I'll try to move this along, but um, uh, we also have a cover wrap on the print side, which gives you the ability that's cool to wrap four pages of content around, let's say, Fortune magazine, and it's more of a B2B play, it can be B2C. But let's say you're trying to reach business professionals, and this gets really small, hyper small.
1: That's hyper small because you don't find the wraps on the newsstand. Correct. You find them on the subscriptions and, well, to no. the offices or more like direct to the
0: to the, to the reader. Exactly, and it doesn't have to be subscriber-based. In okay. other words, if the person isn't receiving Fortune magazine, that doesn't matter. Got it. We use uh, various databases that say, okay, we're trying to reach small business owners who have less than 50 employees who are in the IT space, right? We can wrap four pages of content around Fortune Magazine as a really good example and send it to the CEOs of those companies only. So now again, you made the joke before, it's true. It can get pricey. There's no, I mean, four pages of content, you know, around a a magazine. Um, Now the quantity can be quite small, a couple thousand people is kind of the minimum. Um, So those those are the print products. And then digital has obviously taken over. Right. In my last 10 years, um, our revenue vastly uh, has moved towards the digital side of the business because that's where the world is going. Print is still a huge part of our business um but we have our own you know programmatic uh platform to be able to buy over 99% of the inventory that exists out there um but we have the ability to do search and social and native and video um streaming audio uh, we were just talking about that before um and it's constantly changing um yeah. so so we we on the digital side of things we work with ad agencies where if they if they're not built to do it themselves we can kind of serve as uh, their in-house partner mm-hmm. for various aspects. Um, but the ideal situation for me is the client-direct relationship, especially with an emerging brand um, that hasn't reached out to ad agencies yet. Yeah. And um, we're unique in that way because we don't, we're not a traditional ad agency in the sense that we don't have um, traditional agency fees. We don't have billable hours. Um, we make our money based on the media that you run. So the CPM includes our fees you know, right, for each right, placement. Right. And the goal is is, is to – I'm a direct response guy at heart. The goal yeah. is to make sure the media performs so that you come back and do more.
1: Yeah, so you're doing forecasting for them and, and giving them a sense of reach yeah. based on spend. And and um, what you're saying is any of the ancillary services are kind of rolled in because you so – correct. It, you may be providing some traditional agency services like maybe content creation or layout and stuff like that. No, no? we
0: typically stay away from the creative and it's interesting. I learned this a long time ago. I mean, I give you a lot of credit for the work that you do, but let's face it. Creative is very subjective. Yes. Right. So if you, as an agency, and this goes back to even Priceline days when we were working with ocean media, they didn't do, I still don't think they do creative. And he, Mike Robertson taught me that too. It's like, it is very subjective. So, if the creative sucks, right. right? And you've got the greatest media plan on earth, it doesn't matter. Right. It's going to bomb, right? I mean, you know. And then you can just be like, they did yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, no, no, no. I mean, it's just so we, <laughs> people like, oh, do you do create? No, we yeah. don't do it. Um, yeah. But that, I, I feel that it's. Whereas we're going to
1: argue on the other side. We're going to be like. Yeah, it's it, the media's it's fault. It's the media's <laughs> fault. <laughs> it you didn't know? Perform. They didn't, they didn't right. put it in front of the right people. Yeah, so, and, and yeah. you know
0: what? That, honestly, um, that's the blessing and curse of digital media. Yeah. Is that you can track it exactly? Who so it's great it? Who as saw it, it? you know, as great as it yeah. is, like you know, you have clients out there that are watching every day. Yeah, like, oh, I only got five clicks yesterday, and the day before I had a hundred. You know, right. what's going on? It's like, well, you got to give right. it time to breathe, right. and blah right. blah blah. Yeah,
1: we have a call today with a client where we launched something new for them, an entirely new product, right? Um, but they're 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 kind of focused on the the uh, follower growth, and it's like, well, it's hard to grow followers on something that we haven't quite defined yet. Yeah. You know, like we have to, we just launched it. Now that we've established what it is, right? now we can focus on followers. But sometimes our, our clients can get focused kind of on the wrong things. Absolutely. Especially when it's something new. Yes. And yeah. and
0: and again, taking a step back and talking about the role of a salesman. Yeah. And me and my gray hair, have been doing this yeah. a long time. Which you realize, You're like the silver fox now. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> what, what I have come to know and realize, you know, over time, is that yeah. patience is the game, yeah. you know, and and frankly, telling your clients right up front when they say, "Okay, I want to do this, 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 this," and I've got five thousand yeah. dollars, you know, no is the answer, right. but yeah. but more importantly, educating them on what it takes and the expectations, and the expect- online, yeah, managing and... expectations yeah. is the game, and um, you know what I'm I just explained um, to your producer um, <laughs> earlier, <laughs> Francisco, you know? Francisco, sorry, um, let's hear a sound effect or two. What do you got? There for <laughs> you us? got anything for us? Yeah. There you go. Ah, there he is. <laughs> um, is that, you know, I'm dealing with a new vendor, a new technology right now uh, in the streaming audio space, and I get a little nervous sometimes because if we don't have a lot of experience yeah. with that, Well, I was
1: going to ask you that. That was in my mind, and I'm glad you brought it up, is that, you know, you're not a spring chicken. You've got years and years of experience, but you, you mentioned how the technology is changing fast, and then as a salesman, you've got to understand what you're what's available so you can sell it. So, how have you kind of stayed on top of your game over the years?
0: Um, sorry, my phone was just buzzing at the same time. Um, rephrase that again if you don't like,
1: just... How have you stayed on top of all the latest technologies oh, right. in, yes. in, in your yeah, space? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. in order to sell it, you've got to be able to understand it.
0: Yep. So, one of the uh, best things that M&I Targeted yeah. Media has going for it is um, the digital team is wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, but there's one person in particular. That her job, for the most part, I know she does a lot of things, but one of the things that she does, and the salespeople obviously love it, Mm -hmm. is that she vets new partners Mm -hmm. every year. And it's really about what is cutting edge, Mm -hmm. what is the latest and greatest, because to your point, we better stay on top, right? right? Because the clients keep asking us for X, Y, Z. And so this woman, she does a phenomenal job. She's been with the company a long time. She And I used to make the joke pre-COVID yeah. that the staff at MNI eats very well, right? Yeah. Because there are new vendors in yeah. every day yeah. educating the digital team on the latest and greatest. And what are they literally bringing bagels in and stuff like that? Oh, you name it. I mean, the lunches are ridiculous. <laughs> That's old school, yeah. The, the lunches are ridiculous. I mean, sushi and you know what, but uh, you name it. Um, but anyway, and at the end of the year you know, for lack of a better way of explaining it, you know, she basically with the senior people on the digital team, I guess, uh, make a decision on who we're going to go with the following year. And that information is provided to the sales team at our national sales meeting. Again, this was pre COVID. We're still doing that. It's just a little different now. Um, And it's, it's great because from a sales perspective, you know, you're selling the same stuff all the time. It's like, well, what else do we got? You know, because some of the stuff's getting stale. And yeah. um, having new technology out there and um, trying to stay on top of it so that you look that much more yeah. impressive to your clients
1: yeah. is important. Yeah. What well, speaking of COVID, what um, and I like some of this to be evergreen and I think it is. But what what kind of challenges or yeah. changes took place in your day to day that you think are going to kind of stick with you going forward?
0: Well, uh, I hope a lot of it doesn't stick. Uh, I, I'm one of the, well, I shouldn't say I'm one of the few, but I, I'm of the mindset that, um, you know, working from home, especially in a sales position, has been really, really hard. Yeah. Um, I firmly believe that um, there's a lot of managing of accounts going on out there. Yeah. And not just by salespeople, but by the ad agency people, too. I mean, I you know, I wonder how much is going on in regards to, People trying to push the envelope, find new stuff, clients reaching out and wanting to spend more money. I think a lot of people are holding their cards close to the vest mm-hmm. um, in every sense of the word. And and again, for uh, during the two years now almost of COVID, yeah. Going on you on know, three. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think there are industries that actually did really, really well. Yeah. The Home Depot, the do-it-yourselfers, you know, uh, brands and companies within that space. Yeah. They did, you know, CPG brands, you know, certain food products also did because, again, people, you know, we're home, but um, the home industry in general. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but myself, we've done some work, but for the most part, everybody's doing something at home because they weren't going away, exactly. they weren't traveling,
1: the vacations weren't. Well, there, that's the flip side, so right? So it was like we got to hook up the yard and the house,
0: and right? So to answer your specific question, what's going to stick? And I, I don't think this is necessarily a good thing, but I get why. A friend of mine um, in the industry was on a flight like six months ago, maybe not six months ago, four months ago, whatever it was, sat next to a pilot um, who was, you know, just jumping a ride basically mm-hmm. from point A to point B. And he asked him, he said, you know, my buddy asked the pilot, how's it going? He said, it's not good. Yeah. And he goes, and frankly, you know, they don't see business travel coming back right. the way it used to be because right. companies have figured out, Hey, if I can do this on a zoom call and the days of the guy flying to New York to Chicago for one meeting, right. Maybe gone forever. Kind right. of a thing. Now I, I get it. It makes sense. Um, but, uh, you know, working from home and, and doing everything through a box, you know, Webex and zoom calls and everything else. I understand it, but as a culture, I don't yeah. think it's healthy. Yeah. I don't think it's healthy. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm hopeful that 2022 things are going to slowly start to change, and people will get back to their offices. And the only the only, uh, <laughs> the only meetings I'm having in person, uh, you know, they're at sporting events, or um, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know, yeah. um, because people don't get out a lot. And they're like, oh yeah, you want to go do that? Sure, but just getting lunch. It doesn't happen. Too yeah, often. Not, you're not going to any Giants games, are you? Uh, you know, not this year. I'm a Jet fan, which <laughs> no, is even worse. No, um, but they're they're New York in general. I know. I'm it's a Met brutal. fan too, which is I think I'm very excited. Just because but Jorge get,
1: is big on the Mets, and he's optimistic. I guess they're doing a lot of changes. Well, it's it's
0: because the culture. The, it's the owner. The owner is trying we to change up, the culture. We got we ended up getting a billionaire owner. Yeah, he's probably the wealthiest owner. Like, well, oh, I shouldn't well. say all sports, but certainly baseball. Yeah. So I think uh, I'll say I'll say it on this podcast: the yeah. Mets are taking over New York. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Hey, man. So how? What?
1: What's the best way? Like, to, you know, paint a picture of that ideal client sure. out there, and that you could help. And and what's the best way for them to reach you?
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, large or small, it doesn't matter. It's really about building businesses, right? And you know, whoever their consumers are that they're trying to reach. That's what we do best is is basically trying to, you know, target uh, a client's audience audience through various forms of print and digital media, but with a lot of data and with a lot of research, um, we can do it really, really well. So, again, from... The local, you know, mom and pop. You know, I've I've worked with companies that own uh, wedding venues, yeah. you know, in Westchester yeah. County, New York, um, to as large as massive telecommunication companies. So it's it's really just you know you can uh, email me, um, you can call me, and it's really just to have a discussion about who their audience is and what yeah. what what are their goals. You know, so that we can have an honest discussion about how potentially those goals can be met. And I, and I meant what I said before. I'm a direct response guy at heart, which yeah. means test, test, test. Yeah. And if it proves itself, start small, and then you build on
1: it. Right. Give us your email address and, sure. and your phone number.
0: Matt.McGuire at MNI.com. And uh, the cell, because there is no office right now. Uh
1: <laughs> 203-212-7633. Awesome. And what, what word of advice would you give uh, for that salesman out there? Because we're all in sales, small yeah. business owners, entrepreneurs. Even if you're on your career path, you're selling yep. you know, what you can do. So. You've, you've been through it, and, you, and you're and you very resilient, so yeah, what yeah. can you and, say? Yeah, and
0: listen, it's, it's not just – it's my whole career as we started this conversation, but it's really having a positive attitude, um, you know, expect to take a couple punches because that's just the game. It's what, – what's the Rocky phrase exactly? It's, you know, life throwing you punches. It's a question of how you get back up and all that <laughs> stuff. It's true. You know, you got to roll with yeah. the punches, and um, – and if you build those relationships, I guarantee you something good will happen. You just have to stick with it. That's the truth.
1: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on our yeah. show.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great Appreciate job. It.
1: I think you got a new career here <laughs> for your first podcast. Uh, We're going to pull you back. T- into yeah, maybe the evolution <laughs> of a disc jockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands.
0: Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew.